Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. I just worked out this morning, I've broken all the rules. Juanita said, what's your point? I said, I haven't got a point. <laughs> and that was just in our Sunday morning domestic. Um, and then, she, then I said, oh, well, you know, they wanted some media and stuff. She said, well, what's the title? And I thought... <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't be here. Oh. And I just said to Nicola, I said, I'm not unwell, so why do I feel so sick? <laughs> That's it, guys. Let's have an altar call and go home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your generosity. Father, hallmarks of this house. And uh, Father, it's because of it's because of your generous outpouring onto our lives. Father, everything we have, everything we are, Father, everything we hope to be and ever will do, God will be because of your generosity either to us and or through us. Father, your generosity is not for a dead-end street. Your generosity is for not us to be like a sponge and to soak up, but, Father, to be more like a dam and a river. Father, to feed and to nourish and to bring hope and life and salvation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, thank you. It's good that you talk for a bit. I do want to uh, do my own bit of honouring uh, right now. And uh, service is the superstructure of this house. Service is the superstructure of, of the house of God in whatever form it takes. And whether it happens to be a building, whether it happens to be a group of people under a tree. I was talking to some pastors in North Queensland this week and they you know, they're talking about how they've been having services under trees, but service, whatever your service is to the house, and whether that's through your, your financial giving or whether that's through how you pick up the rubbish or clean the toilets, because I know that all of that has got to be done and then everything in between. And I just want to know everybody who comes out at nights and comes out on weekends and comes out early, stays behind when we're going home and all of those things. You aren't always seen, but by others, but can I tell you that heaven is looking at you. Heaven sees you, heaven sees what you do, and heaven understands the, the, the heavy heart that you carry sometimes and, and the wearing down that happens on the journey of life. But the difference between what happens to the wearing down on people's lives and their, and their mindsets and the, and the ways they go about life, all over the world, of every belief and every persuasion, the difference between that and the wearing down that often happens in our own lives is that we have hope. Yeah. We still have funerals, we still take funerals, we still pass on, but we have hope. Yeah. We get through this because we're sustained so much by the generosity of God with hope in our life. And it's just amazing, and I think, like, I've just, like, feel like I'm just living a different life this morning. I've got to tell you. I just, you know, it's great to see how things have evolved over the years and grown, and um, I actually said to Nicola, and that's underscoring why I want to sort of make this honour. I'm still on the honouring statement, by the way, but I've got no title. But anyway, we'll see how we go. I said, do they make a video like that, like of the Christmas hamper appeal for every location? Because, like, you know, I recognise so many people there. And she said, so many people came from here yeah. that contributed to that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It really is. 
this is the place where I can take offence when anybody talks about Redcliffe. Why would, what do you mean Redcliffe? What's good about Redcliffe? Why do you go to Redcliffe? What, what happens in Redcliffe? You people apparently, and, uh, and the way you reach other people. And it's the hand of, you're reaching. You're, is God's hand through you, moving on you, touching you to be able to affect and, uh, and reach and bring hope to others. Because think about that family who got a bag, a hamper that looks so heavy that I've never seen one, but it looks so heavy it takes multiple to carry. But think about that person who gets that, who's been beaten down this year and in any other year. And then someone knocks on their head. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, they get that thing and they can feed their family. And... Uh, I shouldn't act like this, should be more dignified, shouldn't I? <laughs> but that's, that's the difference that you make. That's the difference that God's made in your life. Some are worn down, <laughs> but some are able to refire with hope and replenish with hope. Sure, we drink from our dams, but God is a good God <laughs> who makes sure that our dams keep getting topped up. And just think of your own heart and think of your own weariness and your own tiresomeness sometimes. And that's God refilling you because the difference between others that look like us, shop like us, drive like us, and then act like pedestrians like us, and everything in between, the difference is the hope. And uh, I just want to honour you for letting that hope live out through your life and letting that hope touch others and affect others. And... uh, that's 23 minutes of the 25 minutes gone. <laughs> but I guess it's a segue into my first point. <laughs> but it's appealing to our nature, sorry, the humanness of our nature, just the human part of our, our nature to believe that things, as things are is how they'll always be. You know, things are tough and I'm tired and so it's, it's easy to let things embed into our thinking. It's let, easy to let things embed dangerously into our belief and that's the part we've got to guard. And, 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 and you know, when we're, when, when we're told to sort of put on the whole armour of God, it's to protect that dam and that river of hope. It's to protect that thing that we also call a soul. It's to protect what we hear and, and because what we think is a result of what we're feeding on. So if what we're thinking is not really quite right and doesn't really quite match up with either the word of God or from our well-meaning um, you know, brothers and sisters who try to just remind us of, of things from time to time, if we've, been, you know, if we've been reminded of that, it's because maybe we've been letting the guard down in our mind. And we need to protect our mind and our soul. We need to protect our spirit. We need to, we need to make sure that when we go somewhere, we go in peace. You know, you know, when we drive into the car park and, you know, maybe a bit like a maniac because, hey, nobody's got the priorities I've got and I need to get to that car space, you know, and say, get out of the way. And then, you know, how a minute later we transform into being a pedestrian. <laughs> Why doesn't that car stop for me? And what are these people doing? Hey, I've got things to do too. You know, that's when we need to remember that we've got to walk in peace. That's why we have, you know, the whole armour of God, so that we carry the helmet of salvation. Don't doubt. (laughs) Doubt's going to be the opposite of faith. That is how we live out our salvation. Don't doubt. We've got to wear the helmet of salvation so that we stay saved, so that when we open our mouth, we sound saved. (laughs) 
just stop there for a second. <laughs> when we open our mouth, do we sound like we've been touched by the salvation grace of God? And uh, that's why we need to protect our heart with the breastplate of righteousness. That's why, that's why we don't just have to be right. <laughs> it's not about being right. It's about acting in righteousness. It's about speaking and walking and going and reproducing and thinking righteously. So in other words, not selfishly and not for personal gain and not for personal profit. Um, and, and, and yeah, So it isn't about being right, but it's about walking in the word of God, being able to speak the word of God, live, think, and walk in that. And so uh, we're not doing anything about the armour of God here. But because we th often think that how things are right now is how they'll always be, you know, we, we need to wake up and understand how fortunate we are that with re all the media and all the press that goes on about all this stuff this year, that so few of us are actually affected. But quite amazingly, yeah. that we don't fill out cards because we've kind of become averse to pen and paper and things like that. Quite interesting, the subtle effects that it can have on us. Right. Yet so many of us have actually not been directly affected. Now, there will be some people listening to this that have been affected. And my heart definitely goes out to you, and I mean that, 100%. But I just think that so many of us, it's just an example of our life that we read about how, thing bad, how, things bad, how bad things are. Yet, most of us haven't been so negatively impacted through the events of this year. And I just want to take that to illustrate how often have we actually been as negatively impacted in our life other than what we believe, other than what we think. We just get worn down by the, the, the press or the media, don't, you know, the old don't believe everything you, you know, that you hear and all of that sort of thing. I'm not saying that it's not right, just oftentimes there's a lot of things that happen that aren't right in our lives. They don't have a place in the puzzle of our life. It's not a part that fits into us, so let's not take it on. And so just be aware of being conditioned and the constant conditioning that goes on because we become content in it often. And our complaints often emanate from our contentment. And uh, the complaint should be about why haven't I done or what can I do or what, what am I going to do next? Just, mate, I've, my, my, I run my diary. Yes, it's a paper diary. And uh, I, just everything for the following year coming up just goes into the very last page. And then the diary starts to break at the seams because I've got to get another diary to fill that one up and that sort of thing. But to see 2021 up on whatever slide that it was on, I was whoa just about to be 2021. So if there's some stuff that's happened in 2020, it's like 2020 got a bad rap. <laughs> Fine, just leave it behind and use, the, use the, new, the first of January coming up as the new way of stepping in. And, but, 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 but consciously, as you do step in and step out of it, yeah. uh, do it with the armour of God on. Just be careful of uh, contentment because uh, that's where complaints come in. And then, and th because when left unchallenged, they shape our beliefs and our values. Just want to talk about his fruits for a moment. So we, we, we know, you know, there's no point in it. It, 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 what, What's the fruit of my life? I mean, that's, that's something uh, 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 that, that comes as a moment of self-reflection and self-examination about what the fruit of your life. But the fruits uh, of the Spirit uh, that we read about, uh, you know, talks about love and joy and peace, and I've got to read it because, hey, I don't remember it. We teach the kids how to sing it, but temperance and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness. 
Against this, it says in, the, in that same scripture, there is no law. There's no banning of having those fruits. <laughs> it's up to us to self-restrict, to prune back the tree so much that it won't grow anything. Or if we see the sight of fruit, oh, let's chop that off, let's disguise it, let's bury it, or let it rot, or something like that. But it's up to us. There's no law. There's no banning on the fruits of the Spirit. There's no banning. There's no law against us living the fruits of the Spirit. Not a religious law. Well, actually, no, there'd, yeah, there'd be quite a few religious laws against it. So, but don't let that inhibit. Don't let um, man, you know, when I say religious laws, by the way, I mean man's rules of trying to rewrite how the kingdom wrote the word. But these fruits are the result of his plantings in our life, his plantings in our life and his character being expressed through us. So do we have the fruit of the spirit? Do we have fruits of the spirit, sorry, reflecting the growth of Christ in our life? But fruitfulness is something that has to become self-evident. We either have it or we don't. We can't say we've got it. <laughs> we just do it or we don't have it. Uh, you know, we, we've built some gardens over the years, probably a few too many. Uh, we certainly planted a few too many fruits in, uh, plants in the gardens that we build because then, you know, the ensuing years we're then thinning the garden out and what have you. And, um, but, you know, it's taken me a while, and certainly no botanist, and don't study this stuff. We just dig holes and plant things. Um, but that you learn that certain groups of plants uh, or different uh, species, I guess, like different growing conditions. You know, we know that because we buy some that are indoor plants and um, some for outdoor, some for sun, some for part shade, some that, re you know, rely on being left a bit dry like an olive tree and some that like the moisture like a palm tree. And, uh, you know, after so many gardens of planting, you wouldn't think that the second last one we did, we put an olive tree and a palm tree together. <laughs> one of them's going to go. Either through underwatering, the olive tree's going to survive and the palm will die, or overwatering, the palm died, and that $250 palm is still dead. It's not coming back. The most expensive plant we bought. But the only thing I have learned about plants is that they only bear one type of fruit. I mean, Golden Circle can re try to rewrite it and recan it and SPC and have a tin of two fruits. And some will even say that there's a couple of imposters in there to save on the cost of actual fruit. <laughs> where did all those... I uh, can't remember the name of the fruit, but where did they all go? But we're called to produce nine types. <laughs> yeah, just one pair of shoes, just one can, nine types of fruit. And we can have them all. This is the whole thing. Not, not we can have them all. That, that, that is kind of a very bad expression, but we can have them all living and growing on our lives, and guess who? The tree don't eat the fruit. Who's the fruit for? The fruit is for others. The fruit is for others to feed on for, as an expression of God's generosity in their life to be able to feed from the fruit of our lives. So please, don't plant your olive tree next to your palm tree. There's a guy who features uh, prominently in the Old Testament, and I'd like to have a look at him right now, and his name's Elijah. And... Uh, I'm just going to skip through. It's quite a fantastic story, Elijah. Fantastic life. And uh, I've heard it preached a thousand different ways. And um, this is just going to be a little bit of all of that. But at a glimpse, and you can, you can read about him for yourself uh, and, uh, in Kings, first and second. And uh, Elijah, he saw incredible unbelief in the land. He saw incredible unbelief in the people who had been given so much. And he prophesied drought. So that isn't that he kind of got up with a wish list to God and sort of prayed out loud and prophesied, you know, oh, this is... A 
like he spoke it into being. You know, let there be light. Sort of like what a role of a prophet is, isn't it? You know, let there be light, emanating God in a way and creating with the spoken word. Uh, but he prophesied, he, he prophesied drought and then, uh, but, and then God called him separately to go away to where there'd be a place where he'd be supplied, where there's water and fruit. Uh, water and food, I'm sorry. Uh, the drought dries up the water even where he is. So God tells him where to go. He go to another town. And there he meets a widow and he tells her. So he tells her to feed him. He, tell, he doesn't beg, he doesn't request, he doesn't whimper away. He tells her to feed him. And uh, she explains, though, that it's the, her last feed for her and her child. And uh, Elijah, I've got all these E's down here because, you know, you just can't take up too much space on your paper by writing Elijah all the time. Uh, and he says, feed me. <laughs> oh, sorry, Elijah says, feed me. And God will sustain you through the drought. So again, it was a let there be light moment. So God said, uh, uh, he said, feed me. And, uh, and, and sorry, he prophesied to her that God will sustain her through the drought. And then, you know, just to show that, well, things aren't going to be all easy just because you've got a big capital P in front of you, you're calling a prophet, um, the sun dies. <laughs> well, we've got a problem on our hands, haven't we? The sun dies. And, uh, and uh, so they call for the prophet to come and the prophet prays over the sun and the sun comes back to life. And the widow, the widow says, now I've seen what you do. Oh, that was the... That wasn't the right time when I said, Elijah, for you guys to come, but stay anyway. <laughs> I don't really know what I said, so it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> these guys are just the best. <laughs> she said, you've raised my son from the dead, so now I believe. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? So was she a type of Thomas, it got me thinking. You know, Thomas, he hung out with Jesus, and then... Then after, like after all that he saw, after all that they went through together, he said, now that I've seen, I believe. But the faith that Sam so valiantly spoke of before and just, just, just right on with, that faith is something that we do and the fruit explodes from there. We just do it and it comes out. And then God uh, says, I believe... And then God calls him to go and meet Ahab. Now, Ahab's a bit of a Grinch king. I can use that word this time of year. You know, he's, he's kind of like just, he's just not down with what all the believers want and that sort of thing. So he wanted the capture of uh, Elijah. I'm starting to forget what he is. And uh, Elijah, while he's out, he comes across this guy who works for Ahab, the king. And he works for him in the, in, in the sense that he works in the palace. He works for Ahab. He's out doing a job for Ahab. And the job is to find Elijah and bring him back because we want his head on a plate. And uh, Obadiah was a believer, however, and he hid God's people in, uh, in caves just to protect them and that sort of thing. And Elijah says, hey, Obadiah, go and tell the boss where I am. And he said, but, you know, he's going to kill you and he's going to kill me because I knew of it. He said, just do it. And uh, so regardless of what the personal risk was to Ahab, he went and did it. So Elijah meets with the Grinch, and to prove God, Elijah sets up a sacrificial barbecue. He says, tell you what we'll do. He says, you've got all these pro false prophets, these people who are proclaiming hope, but not really having it. They're proclaiming religious things, maybe like fruit and what have you, but they don't really actually have it. So tell you what we'll do. We'll have a showdown at high noon. It was actually midday, I checked, so I could say high noon. And, uh, they, and, and what we'll do is we'll build a big altar and we'll cut up the meat and we'll put it on there. And you got, 
You guys reckon you're right? You guys go first. You're false prophets, but hey, you go first. And you pray, and they prayed, and they shouted, and they sang, and they invoked every sort of, you know, incarnation of a deity that they possibly could, and nothing happened. So they gave up. Elijah steps up. Let's not use that tainted stuff. Builds his own altar. Cuts his own meat. About to start praying. Let's up his stakes. Let's put some water on this stuff. And we'll pray for God to bring down fire and light this altar. And you read the story for yourself, because I know you will. Um, and so what happens is it, they, he prays. He believes, he prophesies, and the fire comes down. It just consumes everything. And what happened as a result of that? Then people believed. So in case I get, keep getting off track too much this morning, before too long and before the music gets louder, <laughs> that belief and faith is about believing, accepting Christ, allowing this creator. You know, there, there was another part in there, further down Elijah, I'm just going to get off the track on every point, but he gets down there and, 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 and you know, he, because he gets to a point where, wow, all of this has happened, you know, the false prophets have been put to shame, all the unbelief has been, you know, proven to be wrong, the sacrifice is burnt even after the water because he's invoked the name of Christ, invoked the name of God, should I say, and it's all lit up. Should have been just the most amazing thing. And then he, get, and then he prophesied rain to return because of that. And guess what? Rain returned. And rain returned and it, it, it brought flood. And then he got scared at the, at the success. That was when he went and hid in a cave. This just, just different words and different contexts and different events that happen in our life. This is us. This is just such a story of us. And then so in that success, how many people don't handle success well? <laughs> Lots of people. We've seen, we read it every day in the media. And so in there, God shook the mountain. Didn't get his attention. God brought amazing winds and, 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 and storms and what have you just didn't get the attention, listen, of the heart of Elijah. Has God got your heart? Has he got the attention of your heart? But then he heard a still small voice and he recognised that as the voice of God. And I know it sounds like I got off my last point, but this is the faith, this is the belief that we've got to have in our Christ. We actually just choose to believe to start with. We don't need signs, we don't need... Um, rattling mountains and earthquakes. We don't need lightning strikes. We don't need burning altars, you know, that have been miraculously lit by fire from heaven. We don't need all that. It's belief, faith is about you believing. It's about you accepting. And look, I'm talking to people who maybe are here for the first time in a church ever. It's usually much more dignified than this, let me tell you. This is the, every four years they let me out of the cage and then <laughs> straight back in. And we seek, we seek forgiveness and repentance in the ensuing time. Or if you've been coming here as long as me, which is more than 10 years. It doesn't matter. We all get wearied down by the events and the circumstances that start to condition us and start to make it harder to get out of bed or make it harder to love that other person. Maybe it's the person across the breakfast table from you, I don't know. Or a neighbour or a workmate or whatever. All of these things wear us down, but if we allow that hope to be ignited, that in, in, in spite of the unbelief, 
that, uh, and the falsehoods that maybe have come to our mind um, and that we've maybe and, and has come to our heart, you know, put them on the altar today and, and, and build an altar in your heart right now if it's in your mind's eye, however you want to activate faith and just see that being consumed by the fire of God so that you can walk away from there and the drought is behind you or the sickness is behind you or the hardship is behind you. If you can see it first, if you can see it first in there, you're on the way to being able to see it materialise and to, to manifest in front of our eyes, which is not the most important thing. The most important thing is being able to see it first. And so if you have wandered in off the street and never been in a church, um, you know, Believe, what, what's all this God thing and this church thing and this Christianity thing and stuff? It's about being able to believe. And if you are, well, much more educated than me, which most of you would be, absolutely. And whether that's academically or, 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 or doctrinally or whatever, it's about ignite, allowing that faith to be ignited, as in what I mean by that is take away all the things that have shrouded, that have dulled the flame in your life and allow it to flicker and burn again because it's only a flicker that some people need to see. Yeah. Maybe some people need to be caught by a big blaze. You know, they've got to have a miraculous, or a, sorry, a big amazing thing happen in their life before they see the hand of God. We get to see it every day. We get to see it every day because we allow people to feed on our fruit. Or are we not being as fruitful as we were made to be? You know, or um, they get to see it every day because we open our mouth. Or is it when we open our mouth, we actually kind of betray the goodness of God? Wow. Or they get to see it every day in the way we walk and the way we hold ourselves, as in the way we conduct ourselves and the way we react. Or if what we've been doing has been sort of a bit subpar there. But allow that flicker, allow that flame just to be uncovered and let the, the breath of God, let, some, let the oxygen of heaven, if you like, come to it and bring life and hope. Dear God, just let it visit you right now. We don't need to make a special moment for it. But just let it, just, all the other stuff doesn't make sense. But, you know, if we just allow that flicker of, of hope, that flicker of light. Because God said to us once, let there be. And here we are. What are you going to prophesy today? What's going to come out of your mouth? What are you going to speak into next year? What are you going to speak into your life? What are you going to speak into the lives of others? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.